Hello, friends, and welcome to episode eight of Raising Autistic Disciples. Today, I'm talking with my friend Katie White, who was on um, with the episode about diagnosis, and we're talking today about grief and acceptance. And so I'm excited about this episode. It is uh, one of the more weighty episodes, but we can find that there is joy in this stage of grief because the Lord is faithful and he is always with us. I wanted to kind of mention before uh, we jump into that episode, an announcement that we made previously um, uh, is that Raising Autistic Disciples is now a nonprofit. We are excited about that. We also, with that, have launched our new website, RaisingAutisticDisciples.com. So we want you to go there, connect with us, also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, But want to also encourage you, if you're a parent or a caregiver of an autistic kiddo, we are forming a pilot program of sorts of a online monthly support group. That's one thing that Colin and I experienced as we stepped into this journey of autism and after that diagnosis is that we didn't have a circle of friends who knew and understood what we were going through. So we want to create this community that meets, that that points each other toward the gospel and understands where Um, each other is at in this journey of understanding more about raising autistic disciples and encouraging and equipping each other for that. So go to RaisingAutisticDisciples.com if you're interested in being a part of that support group that meets monthly online via Zoom. And so we would love to have you. Let's jump into this next episode of talking about grief and acceptance with my friend Katie White. All right, so Katie, you were previously on an episode with us. Um, talking about diagnosis and in the Lord's sovereignty, you just began talking in um, that middle of that episode about grief and um, that as parents, uh, you know, we get, have this stage of grief and I'm sitting here on the other side of this recording going, oh my goodness, like she needs to come back and she needs to explain this further in our grief and acceptance uh, stage episode. So here you are. Yes. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm very excited to talk about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, but before we get started, because I, I can see you on the camera, pl- please tell me about your shirt. What is your oh, shirt? Oh, man. Okay. So for those of you listening, I'm wearing a, and I, I'm going to laugh saying this uh, a lot, but I'm wearing a cheer mom t-shirt. Okay. Nice. Our oldest daughter, Addie, is, is a middle school cheerleader. And it brings us so much joy. It brings her 10 times the joy uh, being this middle school cheerleader. It's the first like organized sports that she's ever done. Um, and so we're, we're just delighted to watch her uh, just be joyful and do something she loves. And so my friends, those of, that know me, think it's hilarious, Katie, that this is my... <laughs> This is this is what my season looks like because if you know me, you know these two words, cheer mom, I never in my wildest dreams thought would be my vocabulary. Are, are you grieving that you're a cheer mom? Is, is that why you wore that? <laughs> Good point. I'm not grieving. I am puzzled. I am puzzled and I'm and I'm like, we walked into the game last night and uh I still like it's our fourth game that we watched her cheer and I look at Colin, I was like, I still can't believe this is our life. Like, not that I'm like, like, uh, disappointed that she's a cheerleader, which last night we were really nervous because she had to do a little dance and we were like, oh gosh, she does not have DNA on her side when it comes to dancing. So I really hope that this goes well. And it did. She's precious. Right. Um, so yeah. So for those that know me, know that this cheer mom thing is definitely not in my, uh, repertoire of personality, but I'm growing into it. And, and, 
you know what, going to step into this new season. But I have to tell you, though, uh, the again, the Lord ordains all things. So we're at the game. And we have the boys with us, uh, Graham, and then our uh, youngest son, Levi, who's five. And uh, luckily at this uh, middle school, there was a batting cage like right behind us. So they could just go in the batting cage because there's a net all around this batting cage. It's perfect. So they're playing there. There's also a dirt pit. So that's like prime real estate for any autistic kid. So he's, you know, getting dirty. Levi's playing with his trucks with Graham and things like that. And um, I look behind me. They then now go from dirt pit to the uh, batting cage. And, um, another little guy, uh, and a mama, uh, standing there found the same goodness of this batting cage that we did of like, Hey, y'all get in there and play. I mean, you got a net around you. It's great. So I walk over cause I just want to make sure, you know, our boys aren't, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're linebackers. So they're huge. So, you know, making sure that this little guy wasn't getting tackled or anything. And I struck up a conversation with the mama. Um, actually I'm forgetting a part. Uh, Levi, our youngest son, our five-year-old, uh, struck up a conversation with, uh, this little, he was about three-year-old, uh, three-year-old, uh, little boy. And I could see him, you know, going back and forth. Little boy wasn't really talking back to him. So I walked up just to make sure the, the, I could introduce myself to the mama. And the first thing she did, you're going to, you're going to understand Katie, the moment I do it. The first thing she did was put her hand over her heart and she looked at me and almost instantly I knew. And yeah. she, she said, your little boy was talking to my little boy and I knew he he's on the spectrum yeah. like he's on because she said she it was like that look that you give another mom that's like he he's he's he talked to him and and nothing on my little boy Levi but he's had practice right of of yeah. with his brother so it just went to show one Lord ordains all things he's gonna put me as a cheer mom for such a time as this to be able to meet that woman, right? To be yes. able to, to spend 10 or 15 minutes with her to say, listen, um, listen, you, just one moment at a time. That's literally the first thing I said. One moment at a time was able to get her story, just moved here from another state. So we hit it off, got a number, connected with her. And so it's laughable to us when, when I look at, hey, I am now a cheer mom, but it's also another, like we've discussed in previous episodes, the Lord does all things well. He puts us in places and times and, and situations for his glory so that we can have these connections. I don't know where she stands with the Lord. And so I'm going to get to know her because we have a connection now of little boy, three years old. She's just on the very cusp of understanding what it means mm -hmm. to walk this road. And so anyway, yeah, cheer mom. Here we are. But yet cool story to go along with it and a, and a good, uh, a new friendship. So that's so wonderful. Amen. Yeah. And I remember I got to meet a mama. We were at a park and uh, it was a, a, a mama and, and a little boy. And um, they uh, he was nonverbal uh, because he was autistic, but she only spoke Spanish. But she watched my child enough to know that he was autistic as well. And she came up to me and she said the Spanish word for autism, which was close enough to the English word that I was able to understand it. And it was like two mamas. And I had Parker's talking device with me. We talked about that a little bit the last episode. Right. Uh, that lamp, learning acquisition, motor planning, that app on his iPad is how we communicate. It has a Spanish setting. No so way. Able to switch it to the Spanish setting and speak to her in Spanish through my child's uh, talking device. And oh, it was beautiful. It was like she, she was a mama who got it, just communication. And she got it more than most, like just communication differences and yeah. how we don't need to be 
be fearful uh, and shy away from hard conversations because people are, are worth it. They're they're worth working and putting in the hard work to have connections and conversations with other people, whether that be their nonverbal individuals or whether that be an individual that speaks another language. And so um, I love it. Yeah. Autism brought two mamas together at the park that don't, we don't speak the same language, but our children both speak the same nonverbal <laughs> language. And uh, it, it was, uh, it was beautiful. I was grateful. That is that. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That's, that's just, again, you know, showing us uh, just like we're going to talk about today, Katie, um, like those, the, those interactions, those uh, circumstances and, and stories, the, it make, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, it's worth it because um, the Lord is, is doing things that we cannot see. And right. so uh, what we're going to talk about today, that grief stage, just to kind of recap a little bit, we've gone through uh, uh, episodes of something's not right to stepping into denial and then to what you and I talked about in diagnosis, um, the diagnosis stage. And now today we're stepping into um, a little bit different stage, but one that um, is going to have a lot of dynamics to it. And that's the grief and acceptance stage. Um, now, what you and I, I think what we're going to do um, for those listening is we're going to kind of categorize our discussion into three different categories in this grief stage. And that is um, just discussing the um, the what, like what happens in this stage, um, moving toward the why, like why is grief even a stage to begin with in this journey? And then we're going to wrap it up by discussing the who, and that is just who is God in this stage uh, with us and how can we know more of him? And so, um, Katie, you, um, like we discussed in the last one episode, uh, you are, you've been studying this, you've been um, deep in this. Um, I will say just to start us off in, in this, what uh, things of what happens and, and is it normal or is it not normal um, in our stories? This was, this one, one was a roller coaster for me. And I will say that I go in and out of grief in many different um, ways and many different seasons, many different times over the last few years. Uh, I, I'll start us off with one. Um, I grieve birthdays, not, not my child's birthdays. I love those. I grieve that he, uh, the first birthday was just a few weeks ago that he got invited to. That, that has been a grieving process for me is, is, is he doesn't get invited to birthdays and not, I'm not blaming or not saying anything, but it just goes to show that I know we're different and I grieve that. Right. right? So uh, yeah. that's what, what's one that just for you, like sure. uh, grief. Yeah. Uh, a big one for us is uh, end of the school year performances, end yes. of the, um, even at our church, like we, we have a school that meets in our church. So that's not the school my child attends, but there is a school, uh, multiple schools actually inside our church. And at the end of the year, and it's also around Christmas time, uh, my office will be filled uh, with just the beautiful sounds coming from our, our sanctuary down the hall of children reciting scripture, mm -hmm. children um, singing songs of, of praise. Uh, maybe even it's just the ABC song. Um, and it still gets me how something so beautiful as a child singing, uh, singing to the Lord, how that still as beautiful as it is can 
can cause such grief. And, and, and he's been not, my Parker is 10 and he's been nonverbal, you know, so that's 10 years of this. And yet still, I know around Christmas time and around end of the school year, when we have these performances where kiddos get up and they get to use the gift of song or the gift of speech, uh, and they recite something they learned from school, um, I start fighting, I'll just be honest, jealousy uh, and just uh, why why this isn't fair. Do do people even understand how beautiful that is for their child to get up there and be able to, what a miracle it is for your child to be able to get up there and just recite the ABCs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, I I, I know now around those times of year, I got to be prayed up because the enemy, he's a a working, you know? And so, yeah, it's it's tough. yeah, the same is true, same same type of thing of those doctor's appointments that yeah. come and the paperwork that you have to, I remember Colin and I, we've now had to make it a little bit comical or we'd cry the right. whole time because you're you're literally checking off no, 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 he didn't do that. Yeah. No, I can't remember when he did that, you know, no. And whereas, you know, other children, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Ours is no, 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 no. Yes. Kind of thing on the developmental school s- scale. So if you're not careful in mentally and like you said, prayed up, it will cause that defeat and that grief of like, uh, man, I, I wish we were, but we're not. And so that's just where we're at. And so, yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that those two are definitely ones that cause grief. How can, if you could pinpoint a time, when do you believe grief really washed over you in a sense of you thought, am I ever going to, am I ever going to return from this? Am I ever going to not grieve this diagnosis? Yeah. And, and for us, I think we entered the grief stage even before we had an official, official diagnosis. Okay. And so, cause we, we saw, I mean, we, we saw the red flags. We saw the direction, um, that just my child was going and, and, um, we, we grieved that, that 2015 was, was that year. And, um, someone finally had enough courage to use the word autism in front of us. Not a lot of people had done that yet. And I remember calling my mom and crying. And I, I, I asked my mom, I said, will there ever be a day where I wake up and autism isn't the first thing on my mind? Mm-hmm. Or will I ever go to bed at night? And I remember, <laughs> and see, this is going to be a tough episode because we'll get emotional probably talking about hey, some of this bring, stuff. Bring Please it on, just, girl. Um, I'm, um, I'm just emotional by nature. Um, I used to have dreams of just the conversations that we would have. Mm-hmm. And um, I had those dreams a lot. And I remember asking my mom, will there ever be a morning that I wake up and autism isn't the first thing on my mind or will I go to bed and autism isn't the last thing I think about. And it's like all over my dreams. I mean, it was everywhere. I couldn't escape it. And I I asked, will I ever, will I ever, you know, be able to wake up and have something else on my mind? And she, um, she said, Katie, I, I don't know, um, but I'm going to b- pray that that day will come for you. And it did. And girl, I don't even remember. I wish I could write down that day, but it just slowly came naturally where like wow. I woke up and it wasn't the, and I, and I didn't write it down maybe because it just, it just happened. So like, it was just so natural. Sure. Like I just woke up and it was, it was not just dominating my, my dream life and my thought life and my it, 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 the Lord brought me through and he always does. He does. 
right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, what would be your thoughts on why this is a stage in the, uh, what we're calling the, the, the stages of autism diagnosis for the Christ following parent? Why is this necessary? Ooh, I mean, and and I think t- talking about grief and talking about suffering, um, we know it's not just reserved for those of us that have um, special needs children. I mean, suffering is it is literally what unites all all of all of creation. Every uh, go, going back to Adam and Eve, we we see that suffering came you know into the world at, at the very beginning pages of Scripture, and um, we see God how He ministers to His creation. Um, we see the animal sacrifice where He clothes them out of out of just His His provision and His love for them. And so, ever since the beginning, you know, of time, we see that grief and suffering and hardship has been um, inevitable. And so the Lord and his goodness never wastes our pain. Mm -hmm. And and I think the why is he knows, he knows multiple reasons, but one, to draw us to him. Mm -hmm. When we are comfortable, when we are not experiencing hardship and we're uh, very uh, dependent on, on our own self and we are lost in just the goodness of uh, of this temporary living, right. I feel like often the Lord's not receiving our glory because we're so distracted by lesser things. And in our grief, as, as things may be removed, uh, you know, our plans, our plans, our, our, our hopes for our child um, are, are changed or, or removed. The Lord uh, and his sovereignty uh, g- takes us in, in a different path, in a different direction than we would have wanted for our family. It brings us back to him. It brings right. us back to nothing is promised. The only mm-hmm. thing that is promised is his presence in our life. Mm-hmm. And he receives the most glory. I mean, this is, um, you know, what is this? Is, did Piper say this? He receives the most glory when we are most satisfied in him. And right. I feel like when he removes things in our life, whether it be through, um, you know, our hopes, our dreams, our plans, um, or, or, or even uh, the death, the death of a loved one, when things, uh, when we experience loss, it's that reminder of this is temporary, right? Life is temporary. We were not built for this world. We were built for um, eternity and God's presence and experiencing his goodness. And he wants us to focus our heart's desire on on him. Mm-hmm. And um, the Lord does bring good through suffering, but it is, it is painful. And we can rejoice knowing that we're not alone. Everyone right. experiences grief and suffering. And you know what? So did Jesus. That's right. Jesus experience. We do not have a God that doesn't understand what we're going through. Our, Jesus Jesus himself literally took on the the sin and the suffering of the world on our behalf out of his great love for us so that we will not suffer in eternity. Because right. he took on our suffering, we can take on his righteousness and in heaven experience where all things will be made new and whole. So yeah, the why, there's so many whys, but I think the basic, the basic why is, is for his glory, is for his right. glory and for us to just cry out to him and dwell with him through the hardship. That's right. Absolutely. And yet that's a great segue into this, this why part of uh, what I like to say. 
you know, the, the phrase, the good, bad, and the ugly kind of roll off, uh, in our society, roll off our tongues really easily. But I want to reframe our thinking a little bit to thinking about this as the good, the hard and the redemptive. And so you just beautifully explained Katie, the, the good in all of this and the, the why towards suffering and things like that. Um, the hard part is, is like I was referring to before, it is a bandaid where it's going it, to, it's going to tear off at times. Um, it's going to come off at times. And I know for me, this grief stage comes in waves. Um, and I also believe it's one that's different than the previous two episodes, the previous two stages that we've talked about denial and diagnosis. We would encourage those listening. There is an entry point and there. There's needs to be an exit too. um, coming in and out of denial and then coming, knowing you just got a diagnosis and walking this. I can't say the same for this grief stage. Um, that's the hard. Um, the, the hard part is, uh, it, it will come in waves and, and we're, we're going until glory, until our redemptive, uh, until the Lord, uh, Jesus comes back for his church, for his kids, we will have this grief come in waves. Yes. Right. And so that's the hard part. And so, um, talk to me about how you and Brit, um, how you sat in that, because that that's countercultural now. Right. Um, to what we're all, what we love, we love to be busy, right? Mm-hmm. I think one of the best advice I've ever getting, gotten is, is the margin of creating margin. And Colin is very, um, he, he, our, we don't have a word for the year. We have a word for our entire lives and that's rhythm, um, is, is creating these rhythms of rest is what Colin likes to say. We know that we can't travel very easily as a family. We know that that's one thing I do grief, by the way, uh, is, is travel. We know that we can't just take vacations to Disney world and have it go wonderful. Right. And right. so Colin's big thing is we will find rest in our daily rhythm. But when it comes to that grief stage of entering into that after diagnosis or before a diagnosis, whenever that stage is for that family individual, why is it good not to skip it? Right. Because I've known a lot of people, and this is the 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 sound advice I've gotten from people and in my own life too, when I've had loved ones pass away, um, is that there's a tendency there to busy ourselves. Yes. There's a tendency there to for want to forget because we don't want to feel that hurt. And we don't want to feel that that weight of what is happening around us and the reality of that. Why and how did you and Britt walk through that to where, um, no, we're going to let this land for a little bit and have our feelings, have our emotions and our grief and not just quickly pass on to the next Mm -hmm. stage of life. Because one of my friends, I'm sorry, I'm going to let you talk a second. One of my friends put it so eloquently to me. It's like we get into drive. We don't know how to put it in neutral or, or, or push the pause button because we're automatically now we got the diagnosis. Now we want to fix it. So now we go into drive instead of parking for a little bit and saying, okay, we're, we're going to get up a little bit of margin to think about this for a moment. How, walk me through that for you and Britt. Sure. Well, and I can tell you some of the things that we did wrong. Um, okay. You know, not like you said, it's countercultural, not not wanting, um, well, I just think it's, that's just human, human nature. Like we don't, we don't want to sit in the hard. Um, and so we, for us, it wasn't 
and this is for me anyways, it wasn't so much being on the go for me. It was escaping into um, social media, excuse me. Uh, well, social media, some, uh, but uh, no, for me, uh, escaping into like like Netflix, mm-hmm. like losing myself in just shows, just binge watching shows because then I could focus on somebody else's life that, uh, that wasn't experiencing the hard that I was experiencing. And um, I, I remember I would, uh, just lose myself in these shows because I, I, I don't know, I was so sad and sorrowful. And, um, and when I would watch these shows, they were always, I would watch comedies. I, I would just want to, you know, uh, laugh. I would, I would want to laugh and, um, not necessarily that there's anything wrong with that, but like you said, we need, we need boundaries. Mm-hmm. Those things were becoming idols in my life. And it was just easier for me to just disconnect, put on my headphones, watch a funny show for hours on end, because then I didn't have to think about what was going on within my home and what was going on within my family. Um, I would escape into food. Uh, I would use that excuse of, um, I deserve this, you know, like I'm I'm going through a hard time, so Mm -hmm. I deserve this. Mm -hmm. And again, there's something wrong with food, but, but we need boundaries when it comes to, am I trying to find my joy and my peace through food and through entertainment when I need to be pausing and I need to be praying, going to God and saying, restore to me the joy of my salvation, like restore to me the joy of of a relationship with a God who is walking with me. And this did not take him by surprise and that he has a plan and he has a purpose and he will bring good from such sorrow. I mean, we see the cross. I needed to go back to the cross to go away from the TV and go back to the cross because Girl, the cross is the best picture of how God brings beauty from brokenness. I mean, Jesus was broken on the cross, and yet our righteousness came from his brokenness. That that's 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 beautiful, um, and yet hard. And so I needed to go back and stare. I mean, we worship what we stare at, and during that season, I was worshiping all the wrong things. I was worshiping. Um, just anything I could escape to. And um, people would send me things that, you know, read, read this or read that for autism. And, and I wasn't ready. And, and let me just say this: some of the hard is going to be just being patient with yourself. Yeah. You, your grief is not on anybody else's timeline. So you take as long as you need. And, yeah. and you ask your loved ones in, in kindness to uh, to respect that. And your grief may go, um, again, it's cyclical. So, so remember that, like, like Lara, like you said, it, it's cyclical. It, we, we grieve right now. We're in a season of grieving some behavioral regression. We've got terms like, um, non-compliance and property destruction and aggression. These type of words are, uh, being told to us daily by teachers and therapists. And we're grieving that because he hasn't always been so, um, just full of angst and it's a lot of it's pre-puberty, but we're, we're grieving that. And so being patient with yourself, being patient with your spouse, not feeling like you have to rush through this grieving stage, um, because you do need to walk through it. Be, you you need to learn from it and allow it to bring you closer to God. And some of the hard is as well is in love, putting those boundaries up where if social media is causing you to compare and look around at all the, like you said, traveling, all the traveling that people are being able to do in the summer and you're not able to do that, then you need to put up boundaries and say, um, 
the social media right now is 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 leading me to to experience uh, more grief and and I can that that type I can put boundaries on and and take a step back from um, so putting up those boundaries and, and and putting up those boundaries with friends that that maybe say things that are hurtful and, and, and maybe they don't mean to, but, and that's something that I'll say, cause we're talking about the hard, like pe- people will say things and sometimes that will be hard. They, we would have people tell us things like this. Oh, I understand exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in love, I, I want to be like, no, you don't, you, you don't have an autistic child and you don't have a nonverbal child. Like, so you, you may, and I think what they're trying to say is they understand grief. They mm-hmm. understand disappointment. They understand loss, but we, we can say, or instead of, if you have someone that you're trying to minister to and that you love and you're trying to comfort them, instead of saying, I understand how you're feeling, why don't you just say, I'm here for you and be there for them. They may not even need words. They need your presence. They need love and, and listening. Um, so yeah, don't say, I understand if, if you really don't understand what they're walking through, just say, I'm here for you. Or also don't say this will pass. Mm. I think that was something that I didn't need to hear because then to me, it made me feel like this is taking too long. Oh, this will pass. Meaning hurry up because this, this is, this, this should pass, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, I didn't need to hear that. I needed to hear, take all the time you need, take all the time you need. I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. And they may not even need your words. They just may need a hug. They may need a song that's ministered to you that you could just shoot their way. I had friends that gave me scripture that I would memorize, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that was what I needed. And so it is hard, Mm -hmm. um, but know what, know what you need and know what you don't need. And then set up those, those boundaries, like you said. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. With that said, um, I think we may need to touch on a little bit, the isolation factor. Yeah. Um, because in this grief, listen, we, I think it's touched all of us, right? And, and yes, am I saying that there, you need a few days by yourself? Yes, of course. You know, a few weeks, a few months even kind of thing. But it, it, uh, don't isolate so long mm-hmm. that, that comfort of being by yourself and processing it by yourself becomes second nature. Um, I think that if I could encourage any parent caregiver listening, this is going to be the hard, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be the hard to get used to not going to church on Sunday mornings and not, not, uh, 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 just staying in your pajamas because it's easier, right? That isolation, it's going to be easier to just, um, um, I don't know. First thing that comes to my mind, um, I'm going to contradict myself because I love Walmart pickups. So very, it's one of the greatest (laughs) ever been made. And so thank you, Walmart. But, but that, that from what Graham's teachers have told us that sometimes takes the interaction from going inside and learning. Right. Um, so not, I'm not saying don't do Walmart pickup. I still do Walmart pickup. But what I'm saying is now I find the joy of taking him into stores and him naming everything that he goes by. Right. So yes. or, or looking or touching or whatnot. But, but what I, what I'm trying to say is uh, be careful, be careful with how grief may could lead you into permanent isolation. Yes, because it will feel easier. It will feel safe, like your home is safe. Your home is easy. You don't have to have those 
hard conversations with individuals that don't get it or, or may say things that, that, that hurt you. Um, but you are doing a disservice to your child and to the world by hiding them away. You know, the Lord has created them. They are made in the image of God. They have purpose. Um, they, the world deserves to get to know your, your, your amazing child. And so the world also deserves to get to know the diversity uh, of just different behavioral, uh, you know, just, just different behavioral studies. They, they need to, uh, they, they need to see our kiddos out and about doing life because life is for our kiddos as well. And so, yes, don't, don't, and and it's doing a disservice to your child because you're right. They have so much to learn. We want them to experience the world and all of of its beauty and um, relationships. They deserve relationships of people that will love them for who they are. Um, So they deserve that. And then the world deserves to see um, God's image in them. And so, yeah, fight, fight that temptation to just hide away because your kiddo your, is, is, deserves so much, so much more. That's right. That's right. And so one last thing, and it's, it, it goes along with the heart and the redemptive of uh, let's talk about next. But so in that middle, that, that uncomfortable middle part is, uh, is relying on the spirit. Um, it is really huge. I know for me, when you're in that grief and you're in that, that hard, it is really, really easy just to, uh, walk in the flesh. And when I say the flesh, I'm meaning walk in my sin and, and walk in, 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 in desires that you've already covered, but mine fleshed out in opening my mouth when I should not have sending that text message when I should not have, Right. So it's that hard and redemptive and the hard is don't rely or don't um, uh, don't act in your flesh. Ask the Lord to help you. And the redemptive that we will talk about next is how can we rely on the Holy Spirit to help us in this grief? What would you have to say about that, Katie? Uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit is our helper. It is our counselor and, and the Holy Spirit, you know, is, is with us always. And so we're, we're not alone. And I think the Holy Spirit it lets you see your grief through the lens of, of scripture and the lens of Christ. Uh, we see that, you know, Jesus experienced grief. And so um, the Holy Spirit would bring me back to verses, you know, G- Jesus, Jesus wept like mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, emotions are not wrong. I think I needed to hear that as well. Like, you know, I talked about that a little bit in our last episode of just, I was had a lot of guilt that I was grieving. I, I think we tend to it- we, we, we tend to think it's okay, you know, when an individual loses a loved one that and they're going through a grieving stage, like we understand that and that makes sense to us. And we say that that's appropriate because they lost a parent or they lost a, a spouse, a loved one. And so they're grieving. Um, but people don't always understand that we are grieving as well. We have a, a, a child, beautiful child, right, right here with us to the outside world. It doesn't look like anything's changed. Um, but in our world, everything's changed, you know, and we're grieving. We may be grieving a, a diagnosis. And um, the Holy Spirit was my comforter and, and gave me peace knowing that um, I don't need to feel I don't need to feel guilty that I'm that I'm grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Holy Spirit would keep my eyes focused on the, the eternal and, and not on the temporary and so I always say when people are going through such sorrow and hard times, I don't see how they do it, Lara, without 
without the Holy Spirit within them. Like he is, he is my constant companion and friend. And when I I go down the rabbit hole of just, sometimes I'll grieve the future and and I'm not even there yet. Parker, Parker's an only, he does, and I'm an only, so he has no cousins. He has um, no siblings. Mm -hmm. And so I will sometimes fall into this trap of grieving Somewhere we're not even there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I got to be careful about that, putting boundaries up on how far, you know, because I, I want to prepare. I want to be a good parent and prepare for his future, but I don't want to go so far down the road that now I'm, uh, you know, falling into worry and anxiety o- over a season that the Lord hasn't brought me to yet. You know, his mm-hmm. His mercies are new every morning. Uh, his grace is, is sufficient for, for today, uh, you know, and I don't need to be focusing so much down the road, but for Parker, we, we do, we will grieve sometimes that, that, you know, he, he will, he will have to have, you know, continual care in, in the future. And it will be from a, a family that is not us. And, um, and the Holy Spirit has to reel me back and say, Katie White, I, I love your child more than you do. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can, you can, you can grieve that, that, that is, that, that is hard, that that is hard, that your child will have to be raised a second time as an adult um, by, by somebody else who will care and love for him. We don't know who those people are. God does. I need to be doing a better job of praying for those people, whoever those people will be that care for my child, that help him get dressed and help him uh, bathe and clean himself, whoever those people will be. And the future, God knows who they are. So I need to be praying for them and not falling into the trap of just more anger and more anxiety. And, and cause the Holy spirit says, let's, let's focus right here. Let's focus right here on today. Yeah. I've got Parker's tomorrow. Yeah. I, I love Parker more than you ever could, Katie. And God, the Holy spirit reminds me that all the time. Um, he, God did not withhold his own son. Mm. You know, he gave his own son on my behalf. Mm-hmm. So I know I can trust him with mine. That's how Absolutely. much he loves me. That's how much he loves my child. So I can find peace in that. Amen. That's redemptive right there. Yeah. That, that is. Absolutely. And you got to preach it to yourself though, right? It's not easy. It's easy daily. preaching for living. <laughs> preaching the gospel to yourself daily. daily. I, I find that, and I'm so grateful for... Um, now that we're recording, I, I can't remember his name, but I, the, the praise song that I sing probably on repeat and with my arms raised in our kitchen by myself is Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you every, I know it's a hymn too, but the, 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 uh, the new version, you know, I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you. Um, and that, that's what, that's what's on my lips and on my mouth is, is Lord, please. Because I will tell you this too, uh, as we move on to just to talking about the who and the the theology of grief and who God is in this. I remember a specific time um, about a year ago where, uh, uh, you know, the Lord had me teaching women's Bible study and we were in James and at the same time we're in James one and, uh, but, but, but in my personal like daily life walk in autism, I found myself asking or just pondering, how do we do this? How, how, how do we fill out this paperwork, uh, this IEP paper? How do we do, where do we go for this? Why this, what, you know, asking so many of these different questions. And as I was studying that passage in James one about, uh, ask for wisdom, ask wisdom and God will give it generously. It hit me like a ton of bricks of, I am going to Google for these, for these answers to these questions of how to navigate this when the Lord says right there, you ask for wisdom, I will give it generously, right? Mm-hmm. Lord, 
how do we navigate potty training an autistic kid? Lord, how do we do this uh, thing? How, where do we go for this? And I will tell you, Katie, he is faithful to meet us right there the holy spirit to god because like you said he is our helper in those things there is nothing too small for him there's no uh, a question or no um no navigating this hard that is too small or too big for him right. so asking the lord for wisdom in each step in each stage in each uh, uh encounter with different hard asking him for that wisdom and he will give it now it's not going to be of our own understanding or our own way or how we want it but it is it is i've i've seen over and over again giving us understanding for the next step ahead yes yes so. oh yeah i feel like my prayer life has, has has always been an area of my spiritual walk that is uh not as a little this sounds terrible because i'm a talker why am i not talking to god more but my my prayer life is is, is one of the weaker parts of my spiritual journey. And I, I can be grateful that, you know, when we walk in those seasons of grief and um, man, ca- I'm calling out to God so much more, in, you know, and uh, I just, I'm thankful that we have a God that wants to hear, that he wants to hear our, our, our thoughts and, and our desires and our hopes and our things that we're concerned about. And so never in your grief, ne- that that is never in your grief, shut God out, you know, and, and give him the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we're a believer, right. I mean, we know the power that is available for us, the wisdom that is available for us. If we will just ask. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep crying out to God and in, in your grief. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about this theology of grief. Um, like who, how, how, how can we see God? Who is God in the midst of this stage? Uh, I mean, you've already definitely covered it, but just uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I think the verse that I was thinking of first, you know, is like John 16, 33. So that's a verse that promises you like in this world, you will have trouble. You will have suffering. Um, so there's the promise right there. The theology of, of grief is that it is uh, inevitable. It affects everyone. There is n- no one on this planet that hasn't uh, experienced hardship or trouble. Uh, and so it, it is promised in scripture. And so that that is the bad news. And again, I think I went back to creation and, and we showed there that suffering ultimately is is to show us that, that this is not our home. Uh, there is the curse of sin and, and uh, you know, Adam and Eve were were told to leave the garden and, and then came in work and then uh, child, child pain, uh, child rearing pain and suffering and death for the wages of sin is death. And so we know that suffering is, is promised. So you can at least be encouraged in that, that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the verse says, but take heart, mm-hmm. I have overcome the world. And this is Jesus um, is victorious. He took on the sin and the suffering of the world on the cross, mm-hmm. experienced the wrath of God out of his love for creation. Creation was separated from the Father because of sin. There is no greater suffering than being separated from God, mm-hmm. right? And so creation was separated from God because of our sin. Death was imminent and going to happen. And Jesus on the cross 
took all of that down to the grave, defeated it, left it there, rose victoriously on the third day. And through that gift of his victory, if we will claim it as ours, we can walk an eternal life in heaven, but abundant life here on earth. And so the theology of suffering is to bring you back to the victory of the cross. And so we, when we suffer, we are united with Christ in suffering. He suffered it all. We do not have a God that is impersonal. He is personal. He knows what you're going through and has experienced it all, Mm -hmm. but he took it. He took all of the hard and the ugly and the mess, took it to the grave, defeated it, rose victoriously, and we know he's coming back. And that's, I just, man, just to remember that your suffering is to remind you, don't get comfortable here. Don't get comfortable. You are not built for this world. This world is not your home. We are just passing through. Your suffering should be used as a tool of ministry to you will comfort others with the comfort you received. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's biblical. You will be comforted through this journey in different ways, of course, by the spirit and by God and by other people. And then you put your yes on the table for ministry to happen and you will comfort other people, pointing them all the way, not to your goodness, but to God's goodness, to the gospel. Share your faith as you suffer. Point others to Jesus. That's why you suffer differently. As believers, we don't suffer like the world suffers. We suffer differently because we have hope. And so while you're doing that and they ask you why, why are you able to get through this? This is right. hard. You point it to Jesus. That's exactly Share it. your faith. You offer them the hope of the gospel. And then you remind them, it's not always going to be this way. Mm-hmm. It is not always going to be this way. There is hope. He is coming back where he will restore and make all things new. And for me, what that means is that one day I will communicate with my child. It will either be here on earth if the Lord answers our prayers that way, or maybe it will be in heaven. But I will get to communicate with my child with no communication barrier one day. Mm. And, in, and in glory, if that means Parker will be talking like I talk, that's wonderful. It may also mean that I will finally understand the way that Parker has always communicated. Right. It, it, I, I don't want to be so one dimensional to think that in heaven, Parker's going to be just like me because I'm the way it should be. I am the model of what is perfect communication. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. What glory will be is in perfect unity with the father without the presence of sin and I will be perfectly unified with my child there will be no communication barrier um and I whatever that looks like if that looks like Parker speaking English words like me or if that's me understanding the words he always had but just wasn't able to 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 get to my ears they'll be able to get to my ears in glory I can rejoice that's all because of the cross that's right and that's why encouraging each other we cannot give up that's right. Because here's the thing, everything that you just said, the the hope that we have that the hope that we have in looking forward to that is is this. We've also got to know that the enemy wants to paralyze us in our grief. He does. And he wants us to stay there. Um not like I said, I'm not contradicting. We will come in and out of it, but we must like you said, look in those times when we get uh, I, I remember thinking, you know, he can't tell me when he's sick. He can't tell me when he and he's when his tummy hurts, and that grieves me to the core of of my being of being a mama. I want to know when my kid is sick, but knowing that I can get stuck in that, like the isolation, like we talked about, and that and that I can't get out of that. That's when we we must understand that that's what the enemy wants, because then, 
like you said, we're not sharing the gospel. We're not looking for opportunities. We're not worshiping with believers. And then here's the thing, those listening, here's what we're trying to, to, to encourage is if you're not doing those things, then this whole, whole, what pastor Connor said, uh, uh, the beginning of the season of, of counted worthy or God saw fit to put you, then you're not, you're not using that, right? If you're so paralyzed in this grief, um, and in this, uh, hardness, you're not moving out to looking outward, right? And that is it. We want to raise autistic disciples so that one day our Parkers and our Graham, no matter uh, like we've talked about, there's a whole nother rabbit trail of if they understand, I just believe the gospel is for all. So therefore we are raising autistic disciples, how they learn and how they grow so that they are worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords beside us one day in glory for forever. Right. Don't get stuck in that grief and in that part um, so that we're not raising and, and speaking and singing and, and, and um, showing our, our kids the magnificence of, of following King Jesus, right? Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. He is, he is worthy. That's mm. right. That's right. And I think about this as just kind of as we wrap up is, um, this is Paul talking the, the church of, uh, Corinth and second Corinthians 12, nine, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that is our prayer in times of grief, in times of hearing diagnosis, in times of denial. And and Katie, it's going to be our prayer in the next episode where Colin and Wayne talk about the new normal um, and that and ushering in after uh, a diagnosis of, okay, well, this is our new normal. This is what life looks like now that we know and have had the freedom of understanding this is this is our, our kids' um, diagnosis is autism. Um, what does that look like? That, that verse of his powers made perfect in my weakness, in terms of the new normal, what is, what, what, what thoughts do you have towards that? Oh, when, when we finally get to that stage of new normal, there is such beautiful freedom. Uh, and I think we talked about this a little bit, the last episode I was on, there is such beautiful freedom to actually, uh, enjoy, uh, all the Lord has for you in, in this new stage. And, and you get to see, um, the good you get to see the good that comes uh, with the hard and um, yeah I'm so I'm so grateful when, when we get to that stage of new and again remembering the grief is still very much so this is still there um, but when you get to that new normal and you uh, you you realize that uh, man the Lord has such plans and purpose and ministry and laughter and um, other other mamas for you to love and pray for and other kids for for you to befriend for your kid to befriend for you to befriend um, the new normal is a is a season of man thank you thank you Lord God that you saw fit to allow me to live this life this life is never boring it's an adventure it is. And, um, and, I, and I'm I'm grateful for I'm grateful for my testimony and and but it's a fight sometimes I don't feel that way sure but uh but yes there are more days now that I am grateful for my new normal right. That's right. So those of you who are listening, thank you for listening to Raising Autistic Disciples, episode eight, the grief and acceptance stage. Next episode, we'll be talking about the new normal, but I just want to leave you with this once again, second Corinthians 12, nine through 11. It says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then this is us. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, what is it, Katie? Then I am strong. Then 